know what my uh, night morning my turn up was? Yeah, well, what were you doing up? I saw that on Twitter. You posted that. I was washing clothes, cooking, and crocheting hair. Oh, oh you were doing Nikki's hair? I was helping till five. Oh my God. What? Five fifteen? Yeah. Five fifteen in the morning. I'm on like three hours of sleep right now, bro. All right, we are back for another episode of the Benchmark Podcast. How you, Brody? How you feeling, man? Doing good. Recovering from a long night in AC last night. That was was a good time. We're going to get right into it, man. Um, As you saw, teams are going back into the bubble. Uh, Well, going to the bubble now. And we've seen a lot of uh, different... um, responses some players aren't happy with how the rooms look um one of them said it was like a uh rajon rondo said this felt like a motel six uh we've seen some of the lunches they look like some of the lunches that we had in high school uh what's your thoughts Mm -hmm. on (laughs) how the bubble's looking right now i mean it's not it's not something that i would want to go through and especially be there for three months Locked in, getting fed high school food. Um, I don't know. It's it's still interesting that they're they're doing this this way. Like I, they don't have good food. I see. I mean, from what I've seen, I don't know if once the season starts, the chefs are gonna be be on call. But yeah, it's not it's not a good look seeing the the players post the the boxed meals like this. Yeah, the only person I saw athlete that said that they liked the meal was Damari Carroll. He was like, from where I grew up, this good, this good cooking. But And they on Instagram capping, man, talking about the food. Man, that's solid cooking where I'm coming from, man. You got the chicken, you know, you got the salad, you got the green bean. Come on, man. All that capping, man. They... Come on, man. Where I'm from, this good cooking right here. I don't know if I'm tripping or not. But I can't imagine, like, seeing some of the stuff that we saw, I can't imagine Braun eating this. I, 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 I mean, some, I know some of them probably have, like, different diets, too. That's what I'm so saying. They I feel, also have to keep that into consideration. I feel Braun got a personal chef somewhere, like, on the low. Like, the NBA was like, yo, oh, Braun, Braun got a personal chef. I wonder if they could, like, do Uber Eats because – Again, what if I don't want to eat this? This is the, the only options. What if I'm feeling Mexican today? What if I want a quesadilla? Sure. And all y'all got for me is a brand oatmeal, um, fruits, and then for lunch we got pasta that's dry. They might have a guy for that already. They got a cafeteria. I would. I, would, I, mean, I guess not. I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's still tough watching them post the food and it it's not something I would ever eat. And that's what they have to go through. These are athletes, like top tier athletes in the world. And some of these meals don't look like it'll fill me up. So I know a Joel and me need like three or four of those meals, for example. Mm-hmm. Just look weird. The one of the things we're seeing also though, 
with the NBA resuming, a lot of players had to drop out, whether it's through uh, COVID, personal reasons. Um, what's your thoughts on, like, everybody that's been dropping out? I mean, it's understandable. One, it's kind of tough to leave your family for three months out of this this whole quarantine. Is To be away from your family, I know it's tough, and some people can't can't do that. They, they're not going to put themselves at risk and be away from their family that long. So I understand that aspect. But... You got to do what you got to do. Like some, some have pulled out because of injury too. Cause you saw Bradley Beal, he's out now because of the shoulder injury. And he's also probably not playing because he wants to be with his family too. So that's a logical reason not to play. And you can't even argue that. Yeah. They said John Wall is going to play, but because of injury and you know, with everything going with COVID, they wasn't able to really like continue his rehab on the, extent that they were doing it. So he wasn't even able to come down either. Um, I think it just says a lot. It's a, a risk to take. Uh, I wonder what the NBA has in place, you know, in regards of dealing with COVID, if players get it down there and, you know, what's the response and how does it affect that? Like LeBron gets it during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's something huge that could really alter you feel me, the landscape of the game. So it's understandable. A lot of players are in contract years too. I don't want to go down there, even though that the NBA Players Association, they did negotiate, you know, um, insurance just in case anything does happen down there. But I can get that too. I'm in a contract year. I want to get as much money as I can possible following this. So I'd rather take my chances like Davis Burdens from Washington. He didn't come down. I don't think for them now that looks kind of bad uh, with the league, including them. Of course, they did it for the reason and they were four games in between the eighth seed. But I don't see Washington mm-hmm. getting to the uh, playoffs now. They no. they could honestly just stay home, just like everybody, just just stay home in the eight seeds and the uh, East, battle it out to see what seed they get. I don't see without John Wall, without – Bradley Bill, Burton's their stretch four. I don't see them getting into the uh that playoffs. Yeah. It's tough because they lost a huge piece from their team. And not to mention, you know, Bertans, he's he's pretty good. Like he he honestly doesn't even have to play because why risk injury at this point? Like you're going this is your contract year, you're about to get paid in the offseason, so Nicely. I'm not gonna Yeah, nicely. Like he's not he's not average. He's a good shooter. So I think that decision was based upon he sees the dollar signs next to his name coming in the next few months and you know why jeopardize that? One of the things I am excited about, my boy Jamal Crawford is back in the league. It took a pandemic which is crazy for it to happen, but it took a pandemic for a team to wise up and pick them up. Brooklyn picked them up, and they picked up Mike Beasley, who we've seen some of his uh, recent pickup games. He's uh, feeling pretty good. So <laughs> I think the, um, that'll be some good pieces. 
I think they'll be able to actually get some buckets too with how Kyrie not there, DeAndre Jordan not there, um, KD obviously not there. So you're going to have Karis LeVert. Then Whitty's not coming. So it should definitely give them an opportunity for them to get busy. I don't think, you know, they make it out that first round, but I'm just happy to see they back on the – specifically Crawford. I felt Beasley had – being younger, you know, he had a higher chance of getting back into the league. But Crawford, it's about time, man. It's about time. And that's a, a walking bucket. Easy. Yeah, they walk in buckets, but they don't walk back on defense because that's the issue. That's why they've been out of the league this, this long because I'm pretty sure their liability is on defense. But, hey, shout out to them. They got contracts going in that's all people want to do is play ball so give them a chance give them a chance to show what they can do still I mean Jamal's last game he dropped 50 so I mean I think he should be able to give us something might he might not give us 50 again but he'll, I, he'll shoot a lot. I, I can see a 30 clip coming once or twice Maybe. nah nah I can see a 30 clip with how the team set up I can see a 30 clip coming I see a 30 clip and you mentioned their defense. I mean, outside of a Patrick Beverly, a Marcus Smart, uh, who played defense in the league? You got a, a son. Guys. You got a son. You know darn well you're going to tell your son to watch college basketball and not pro basketball. Yeah. Not to learn. Not to learn. You're like, hey, son, you know, go watch this Duke game. Go watch this North Carolina game. You tell him to watch highlights of different, different, different players. Like, yeah, they, leave it at that. There's not a lot of – I mean, how the rules are set up, too. Like, teams averaging 120, 115. Back in the day, you know, if you averaged 100, you was, like, in the top three teams. Yeah, now, I'm going to say They talking about, yeah, you need to find more scorers. You're not getting enough buckets as a team. It's different now. I don't know why, but, hey. There's more shooting, that's why. There's a lot of shooting, a lot of up and down play. It's not like a lot of half court stuff. It's fast break, get out and run. The pace is Pick crazy. Up the pace. Yeah, the pace yeah. is crazy. And you, the shooting, shooters, everybody can shoot from one through five. A lot of teams, one through five can shoot. Speaking of like the, the Pelicans, I was looking at their practice. Zion look ready. Zion look. He looked nice. Um, and he had four months to get ready. <laughs> I hope he's ready. Just keep him out of New Orleans and eating that gumbo, <laughs> jambalaya. He got he to gotta stay away from that. I think he'll be – I think look, looking at the Mills, he ain't got I – I don't see uh, any jambalaya or gumbo on the Mills for uh, – <laughs> Shoot, if Bron's getting his own chef, so is Zion. He's that much – of importance to the league as, as Brown is at this point. Yeah. Speaking of, um, you know, the Pelicans, JJ Reddick came out recently in an interview and alluded that, you know, the response that people had uh, to Bron with his decision and KD going to the Warriors as racist, the response was racist because people didn't want to see a black man making a decision like that. They're bucking the system first. They're bucking the system. Um, so Kevin Durant in 2016, when he joined the Warriors, mm -hmm. LeBron, when he makes the decision, 
there's always the group of sports fans who want to make the argument, oh, he took the easy way out. You know, he went and joined Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh in Miami. He went and joined a team that had just beat him in the playoffs. Like, what, I'm not going to use any explicitives, uh, you know, but you know what I'm saying. There's that, there's that notion. But I think an underlying, I, I really believe this, an underlying um, reason for the sort of the reaction to Kevin and LeBron making those decisions is because people were uncomfortable with powerful black men making a decision for themselves. I really believe that. Do you think this has any validity to it? Do you agree? Was it racist? Is he just going, you know, a little too far to the left um, in regards to the response being racist? Or you think he making some sense with this? I mean, I think it's a reach a little bit just because it's like, I think people were more mad at the decisions because they're fans of sports. Like it wasn't so much about like, oh, this this black man's making his own decisions. That's wrong. We have to hate him for it. I don't think it was that. But you could also see from the other side, like would a Dirk Nowinski or a Steve Nash or like a white player get that same reaction to? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, but I don't think it was like racially motivated that people were hating LeBron's decision and Katie's decision. It was mainly a basketball decision. Like it was a business decision for both of them. They went to go get rings, but it, people didn't like it. Like KD's decision was rough because he had just Lost. come this close to making it against the team and joins them. So that wasn't like racially motivated people hating on him. He hated him because he was – People felt like he was a snake for joining the the other side. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was. I could see what he's saying um, in regards of the response. Like, typically, you're not going to see this type of response towards a white athlete that makes a business decision. It's a business decision. LeBron left, whether you like it or not, a business decision. He wasn't, Dan Gilbert in the front office wasn't doing their part to make sure that they were a championship caliber team. So I'm going to leave and go where I will get that response. I think he does have some validity though, saying bucking the system. That decision, whether people want to credit LeBron or not, people can hate him and say such. He kind of started the players controlling their narrative wave. If it wasn't for LeBron doing that, KD couldn't do what he did. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I feel Braun started that, paved the way for KD to do it and not get as much flack. Imagine if KD was the first person to do it. It probably been way worse, especially with being that he lost to the team, people call him cupcake, everything of the sort. It would have been worse. So I get that sense of some people, I wouldn't say on the – to paint it with a broad, broad brush. Some people, I think, did have some racial views on it, specifically like the white owners. Hey, we're supposed to control where you go. We control this, and you done changed everything, where now players will come, I demand a trade. I'm a matter of fact, I demand a trade, and I'm going to make sure I go to the team that I want to get traded to, AD. 
I'm going to the Lakers. You're not trading me nowhere else. Back then, that wasn't happening. So, as we see in life in general, when you go against the system, as a black person, typically it's going to be some racial innuendos where some people are getting upset racially, like, why is a black man, why are you doing this? Mind you, it could be regular Tom Jackson makes the same decision, and it's like, oh, yes, yes, he's, he's making change. He's doing things differently. He's doing what's best for his family. Wasn't LeBron doing what's best for his family? Wasn't LeBron best for his career? And if you had a job and you're not getting that raise to go to the next level, you're going to leave and go to the job that presents that opportunity for you to grow. It's the same thing, but it's a black player. And then the way he went about it, televising it and everything of that sort, which he admitted wasn't right. Yeah, that was the one bad decision he's ever made. Ironically, it's called the decision. <laughs> the so one bad decision. All before that, pretty much. Nobody, nobody's hating on him for going to the Lakers. That's like almost a known fact that nobody hated him the way they did in Miami. So... And I think it was mainly based off of the way he did it, that decision. Yeah. Like, who does that? Who goes in front of televised, televised the world, to the world, basically. The world was tuned in to see what he was going to do. And it was so dramatic. That was the other thing. A little narcissistic. So, narcissistic. Just, a little, just a little bit. Just, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the king, so y'all going to wait and watch. Like even uh, when they talked about it afterwards, D Wade didn't know till he wa- he watching it with us. Like, so where he going? Oh, he coming here? Oh, he didn't even know. So yeah, he learned from that. He, he just put out press releases for wherever he was going. So just that one bad decision had that man hated for like five years. Speaking of, man, bad decisions, um, sure you saw it, the song Jackson, his post, um, some people said it was, wasn't a real Hitler quote, but he posted a Hitler quote, something from Hitler, regarding how America treated Black people um, and mentioning Jews, and you know, that's a very touchy topic to be posting something that Hitler said. Um, in support of it, uh, what was your thoughts on this Deshaun Jackson thing? I I have my viewpoints on on it that this same disgust I don't think was reciprocated with Riley Cooper. That's my only. Yeah, I was talking with somebody about that too. That's that's my I mean, he only. He lost job basically because of it, but. It wasn't like it kind of got washed under the rug eventually. But with like Deshaun Jackson, I feel like if the post didn't say Hitler said, <laughs> then nobody would be making that big of a deal deal about it. So I don't know. Because if you read the quote, it's not like the worst quote in the world to the post, but it's just because the one part that's not highlighted is Hitler said. So then of course, you know, Jewish people are going to take offense to that. 
he wasn't thinking that at the time he posted it. He just saw that, oh, this quote, I can relate to this right now. And I'm going to post this on my Instagram for other people to see. But then people saw the two words Hitler said and, you know, <laughs> ran with it and made it seem like he was anti-Semitic and all that when he's not. It was just one of those things where sometimes you got to like proofread. You got to look through your work twice before you you send it in. And clearly that was a... <laughs> That was one of those things where he he saw it, maybe screenshotted it or took a picture of it and posted it, not thinking there would be any backlash over it. But I mean, clearly he's not anti-Semitic. He's trying to make changes. He's also, I think he met with. Um, I know he talked some, to Julian Edelman, and he's supposed to be meeting up with um, some people that actually lived through the Holocaust time. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. So he could try to get a better understanding of what, you know, what that whole situation was about for them and how they view it and why people took offense to it. I just think you got to be also very careful, especially when you have a platform like this. Like me or you could have posted that and then probably nobody would have heard about it. Nobody would have got really offended. Some people probably would have liked it put the fire emoji next to it if we posted it when you have a platform on that level and I get it's a lot of stuff going on you can be impulsive and react like yo this is how I'm feeling this is what I'm speaking to with everything going on the black lives matter and people still getting killed I get it but you still even in that have to use wisdom and be smart like all right let me be calculated on what I post and how I post it. What's going to really put an impact? What's going to really help make change to this situation that's going on? So I think that's how he would do it. Now it's kind of hard because he's in an entanglement. Entanglement. Um, so. <laughs> uh, um, that's the situation right there. Um, Redskins, you know, with the change and the protests and everything. Finally, Dan Snyder, finally, Dan Snyder has considered and is trying to get new names for the Washington Redskins to change the name, which they have been protesting and asking this guy to do this for years the longest and he has been stubborn and hasn't done it. Um, I'm glad he's trying to do it now. Uh, I don't understand why now all of a sudden, but he's doing it. It's so, it's so offensive, that name. It's like, imagine like, like the Knicks, they weren't called the Knicks, they were like the New York blackface. Like, and they didn't want to change the name for the longest. And you got people buying the merch where it says Redskins on it with a Native American on it. Like, they just got to change the name and change the mascot, the logo. They got to just do all of that because you can't, that name is just terrible. Redskins. Any, uh, you got any ideas, any names that you think they should be changed to? 
that's the one thing i don't know <laughs> i don't know what name they could choose that wouldn't come off so weird after being the redskins for so long um i saw red tails i like that one but for other reasons <laughs> not for football reasons but the red tails has special meaning in the black community so I think that would be that should be one of those names that makes the top two if they're trying to decide. But we'll see. They might just go completely off off the rail, like the generals or something like that. Uh, who knows? Yeah, they I saw, said. I saw red tails. I, I like I like red tail. Um, I saw red wolves. I think Red Wolves kind of, with how they got the, the proposed logo, will kind of transition properly. I still don't understand. They got the, you know, the little uh, Cherokee flag, you know, the, the feathers at the end of it. I'm like, that's still a part of what needs to change off the logo. You need to take that, yeah. that part off. I'm confused. I don't really like War Hogs. That kind of just, that's one of those awkward yeah. things to talk about. War hogs. That, yeah. That won't work. But you should have been done this. And you could have did this, what, the season's supposed to stay start in training camps and starting practices. You should have been did this so it was more than enough time to change exactly. change the uh uniform, stop selling that merch. Mm -hmm. It's a little it's a little late, bruh. But I think those two names would work and it keeps they can keep that color scheme so it shouldn't be that much of a transition we're going to switch to which we don't often talk about on this show uh but being with everything going on with covid and we talk about sports and everything included including some pop culture talk topics we might touch on um entanglement i don't know yet um the mlb their approach and their safety protocols to COVID, um, ha, it's a lot. It, it's it's a lot. I don't know. Maybe they're doing it right and other leagues aren't. What's your thoughts on the uh, long list of protocols for the MLB? Uh, I know you got the list there of them. You could name some of them. I know uh, if someone tests positive, they're out for like two weeks. They go on the 15-day DL. I know um, the baseballs, they don't want you throwing it around the, the horn when, when somebody strikes out anymore because that's too many hands touching the ball to go back to the pitcher. So no this, ball. No bat boys, nobody picking up your bat afterwards. Lockers must be six feet apart. I was reading that. They said literally, how do you want to do it? The lockers being six feet apart. Somebody might have to have a locker getting changed in the away locker room. Some might have to be in the lounge, like literally in four different locations for the lockers. You get in saliva tests every other day. Once per month, you get an antibody test. You can't come earlier to the field, to the park, five hours before. You can't come that early. There's no lounging. 
You have to leave 90 minutes after the game. No showers, no spitting. Tobacco is forbidden. Pitchers can't lick their fingers. They got to have a wet rag. Elevator use is prohibited. You can't even hop on an elevator. I mean, that's a lot of people. So, yeah, I get that. And all players have to take the COVID-19 educational course just to name a few of things <laughs> that's on the list of what they can and cannot do for MLB. Do you think – I just think it's tough, though. Like, how, how can we even – I just keep thinking, like, how are we even going to have a season in the MLB at this point if, like, guys – pop up with corona here and there and everybody's supposed to be careful right now and they have all these protocols set up but <laughs> closer for the yankees just got the virus and last week two of the other players on the yankees had the virus and they've been quarantined and i just i'm just trying to figure it out because i don't know if they're all going to be in a bubble because you can't for baseball you're not going to be able to have every single team in the same bubble and then the season didn't even start. So it's just, it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't know. Like I feel like the season's like 50, 50 at this point, because you have like the protocols, people wearing masks, wash your hands, you know, socially distant and get tested. But like the guy was in like a, he was throwing his bullpen like six other guys in there with him like not not that far away and i'm sure he's talking to people other stuff and then a couple days later he comes up with the virus so it's like now you got to test those people and see if they have it and then if they have it then what there's no minor league games going on so it's not like you can call up those healthy bodies i mean they they opened up the the roster it's 30 players now instead of 25 how it is normally and that's because of the, the virus. Because who knows? People might not be healthy. Exactly. And uh, I was reading, they, so somebody like presented a question like, so what if majority of the team has it? They're going to have players on staff to guys to substitute them, to take them out if majority of the players end up having it. you got to quarantine. The other thing that I think is some people are saying it, and of course, COVID is more important, but also on the, even if you are healthy, the health of these players, 60 games over 66 days. That's, that can that's be, crazy. I think that's going to be that's a lot, lot of stress. That's going to be a toll on their body. Like their season is long and it's spread out. 60 mm-hmm. games over 66 days. That just sounded to me like I'm trying to force it. Just, hey, we're going to have to resume at another time, maybe we try to extend it. Maybe it's less games, but 60 games over 66 days, that can't be good on the body. And I would think, and i like to see what's the injuries going to happen in the MLB this year, how that's going to pan out, how it's going to look, how many players get injuries, how many players, I got a hamstring, I got a, especially, especially with like pitchers and, Hey, my arm hurting, my shoulder hurting. I done throughout. They got a pitch count. Sixty games over sixty-six days. I don't know. I don't see how that works for the play. I just don't. 
see how it works. That's why you see in the NFL, well, we don't really want to have Thursday night games. That's too close of a turnaround. NBA, uh, I don't know about having the back-to-back games. You know, they do the six games in eight nights. That's a toll on your body. 60 games over 66 days, that's I – don't, I don't see how that works. I don't see how that's going to be successful or even good baseball. Because huh. that's like you – there's a lot of stress. Plus, you have to fly to the other places too to play games as well. It's not like – They in one, one area. They in one place, yeah. So you, you're also going to play these games, and then you got to fly to another place, play more games maybe rest a day and play some more games. And by that point, you might've played like 12, 13 games in, in like 15 days. <laughs> Imagine that. And then you have this like t- this small spring training that is kind of just to get everybody up to speed to a point. But it's like, I don't know. It's going to be tough. That's where I, I don't knock them for all the different rules and protocols, things of that nature. I think the NBA has it right in the sense of having it at least in one place. If we fly in, a higher risk to get to get something like it's even. But I feel like it would be different. It would be different if, like, the MLB had played like eighty percent of the season, kind of the way that the NBA had done. So at this point, you know who's going to make the playoffs. Who's you know. Yeah not going to make the playoffs and you can just build this league around the teams that are going to be in it. Like in baseball, they hadn't even started yet. This this came during spring training, this, this virus, this shutdown. So they didn't even get to start any games. So now it's like now all 30 teams are in it and it kind of complicates things to that extent. Cause it's like, damn, we have to include everybody 60 games in like, the span of two months. That's a lot. That's asking a lot of these players. And I'd understand if some of them pulled out of it. And I've seen some players pull out of, pull out of it, like David Price, uh, a couple players from the Braves. I mean, it's, it's going to be a real tough situation MLB has on its hands. And, I mean, they might be- benefit from just <laughs> taking a year off and coming back with a better plan next year because – this all feels so sudden and rushed. It feels rushed. And that's, I get what you're saying right there too. They got to deal with none of the teams play games. I don't know, just from looking in past history though, of dealing with situations of the Black Lives Matter, dealing with uh, even the Kaepernick situation and I can't breathe and COVID now. It seems like the NBA always goes about it better than the other leagues. So even if, like, you feel me, we had they had to do the 82 games, they might have done, all right, we're going to do a 50-game season. We're not going to do 50 games in 52 days. We're going to spread it out. We'll have it where, like they're doing now, they're supposed to be having a bubble, which is in Orlando, and they're supposed to be creating another one in Chicago for the other teams to have little, like, mini training camps. Like, I just feel the NBA would have planned it out better. They would have responded better. Um you see it right now. They're allowing players to put messages or anybody else's name on the back of their jerseys. Something that came out this morning uh, before, you know, we end the show. I just had to 
course, shout this out and talk about it. Um, one of the players that's taken advantage of that is Kyle Korver. He's going to put the Black Lives Matter on his jersey. LeBron AD has said that they're going to keep their last names on it. Uh, if you were in this situation, bro, you going to put Davenport on the back of your jersey or you going to put a different name or Black Lives Matter on the back? What, what was your a different name? Yeah, I'd put a different name just because it's like my last name's on my jersey every other time. But right now is not the time for that. Like I'm going to put something there that the world can see and get my message across that way. I mean, I saw the WNBA is allowing them to put the names of the deceased on the back of their jerseys, but the NBA is not letting them do that. So that would be the only thing. Because I, I feel like if the NBA let them do that, a lot of players would put like Breonna Taylor on their on the back of their jersey, or George Floyd, or Trayvon Martin, and that would raise even more awareness. Because you're seeing these names constantly, and it's kind of you're getting it that way. But I feel like they'll figure out a way. They'll they'll use the T-shirts. You saw the Raptors bus was it said Black Lives Matter on it when they pulled up in Orlando. I think some teams, they walked out, they had the Black Lives Matter t-shirts on walking into the hotel. So I feel like they'll find a, a way around it. Like they might, their warm-ups might be a little different. They might have like a shirt with someone's face on it and their name on the back and and do it that way. And hopefully the NBA doesn't have issue with that because, I mean, this is bigger than the sport of basketball. This is life or death at this point. Yep. Just for our, our listeners, so they know, they had a list of the suggested social uh, justice messages, which was agreed upon between the Players Association and the NBA. Black Lives Matter, say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, freedom, enough, power to the people, justice now, say her name, which would be Luton, Breonna Taylor, amongst other females um even something in spanish i'm going to try not to butcher it si se puede yes we can liberation see us hear us respect us love us listen listen to us stand up ally anti-racist i am speak up how many more group economics Economics, wow, I bugged that out. Education reform and mentor. I I'm think just about to put sleep. I need to fix that because that's so like generic. That's I like mean, the that's bar minimum. That's touching the that's touching the surface right there. Um shout out to the WNBA for letting them put the names because that's gonna be right in your face. That's right in your face. You can't you can't get around it and a lot of people for example let's say um candace parker puts on her jersey brianna taylor a play a person a fan watching that may not be aware of what's going on her name candace parker why is it brianna taylor google it and oh this what happened education mm -hmm. right there i think the nba in this, they they, the most of the time they get it right. In this, they drop the ball. I get why LeBron and AD probably they didn't come out and say this is the reason why, but I can imagine 
this is kind of soft. It's kind of cupcake. I don't want to put – we already did this. LeBron, AD, D-Wade when he was in the league, Kobe. I can't breathe. We already did that. We did the shirts. We did that. We did the Black Lives Matter hoodie. We did that. We've been saying on our exactly. platforms to go vote. We don't need to put that on the back of the jersey. We need – no, let's put – should be whatever we want. And I think part of also – what messed that up was uh, John Morant retweeting the F12. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I think I get it, I get it, but like, all right, we kind of got to put a uh, a structure to it because we don't know what the players will come out and end up saying. And at the end of the day, it's still about their business and their money. And if John Morant really came out with a jersey that said F12, that would issues. That would create issues on so many levels so many levels but i think they dropped the ball on this for sure it's it's cute as that's all it's cute it's it's the thought that counts that's that's a nice start and you know we still got three weeks we still got three weeks for them to you know come up with another plan maybe to i guess have the players voice their opinions on this because it's kind of like they're cutting cutting out their creativity and their opinions on this subject by giving them a list of generic things to put on the back. We're going to give you a list of what you can put on there. I'd rather them have put a list of what you can't say. All right, don't say mm-hmm. F12. Don't say mm-hmm. F the police. Don't say don't put the song lyrics to F Donald Trump. All right, cool. Something along those lines, but this is very generic. Um, the thing that's it, it was agreed upon by the Players Association and the NBA. So until I think anybody actually speaks out, like if LeBron came out and said, I'm going to put James on my back because these options is weak, then we might see a revolt or a change. But being the fact that the Players Association agreed upon it also, I don't know. It might just stay like this. Shout out to Kyle Corver um, for actually being an ally and doing so. But we are concluding this episode of the Benchmark Podcast. You can check us out on all streaming platforms. We're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like it up. Share it with whomever. If this podcast is good, if you enjoy it, if you like it, if it makes you laugh, if it educates you, if you have fun, Anything along those lines, if you want to support us, we're going to put the link. You can click the link at the bottom of this video. Go on Anchor, Anchor Podcast. You can support us. You can join, do a monthly subscription of whatever amount you want to do just to support us so we can continue putting out this content, be able to get some more equipment to make the content even more better, even some more editing, some more everything along, along those lines. That's what your money will be going towards of helping us to even make the show even better. Uh, but we hey, think it might help us land the big whales like LeBron, get him on the podcast or something. COVID is still going on. Uh, don't be like in Atlanta at Club Corona. Make sure that y'all stay safe out here. Put your mask on. Shut down. <laughs> Six feet apart, the whole, the whole caboodle. But Benchmob, we out. Peace. Peace.